I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Commander Shepherds, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and this is a very early patron episode so we're excited that you're here we're excited that all of our patrons are here and i'm excited that n7 legend is here what's up buddy how you doing hey i'm doing well feeling very jolly uh my girlfriend and i just put up the decorations on our tree uh and my first time getting a real tree by myself i figured since i'm living in the (gasps) christmas tree capital of the country probably a good time to do that there's a reason why it's called the country that was a terrible joke. That was so bad. I'm so sorry. I, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so, so sorry, everybody. Um, but anyway, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is the show where we talk about everything Mass Effect. And uh, just a quick reminder, actually, big news, big update. Um, I've changed stuff around with our with our streaming setup. Our live streams are now on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. These are This is going out everywhere. Um, I am no longer a Twitch affiliate. I know everyone's like, what? Why would you do that? It's because screw Twitch, because they don't let you restream everywhere. I want to restream everywhere. I've moved my primary stuff over to YouTube. So if you want to help support the streams, all of that stuff, watch on YouTube. And in order to incentivize that, I'm giving out points on YouTube because I'm giving away my robots radio hat, the official hat that I've been wearing for three years and other merchant things. I've, I've, there's a whole reason why I'm doing this. I'm trying to grow my YouTube streams, my YouTube channel, all of that stuff. So as a big end of the year thing, I will be giving away lots of points that you can use to buy tickets to get giveaways and stuff like that. So if you are currently watching on Twitch, go over to the Robots Radio YouTube channel. There is a link in the chat that you can click on to go watch it over there. That is going to be the primary place to tune into all of these podcasts, all of my game streams and those kinds of things. It is so much more fun over on YouTube. I promise there's lots of cool things going on over there. And um, I'll be giving away even more things than just my hat. So go collect your points over there. There are no points on Twitch, only points on YouTube and lots of other fun stuff. So just wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning. Um, I love you guys watching, but come, come, come over from Twitch to YouTube. It's better over here. No ads, friends. No ads on YouTube. You don't have to sit through the ad. Come on over. All right. So we're going to kick off this episode. What are we talking about today, N7? So our patrons had a pretty heated vote, and it was pretty close. Um, but ultimately, they decided to talk about uh, retrospectively, how do we view Mass Effect? What brought us to Mass Effect in the first place? What did we learn along the way? And how do we view the series now? That's what we're talking about. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Well, we need to introduce all of our patrons because we've got a full house again this week. Let's just go through the list. Turbo Toboggan. You're back. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Fine. Very cool. Very cool. And Lena's here. Lena, welcome. Hey, y'all. Hey. And Genesis is back. I am here. Genesis and Vervada. Hello, everybody. The two girls, the two girls in the one ship, the, the dirty girls, the two, two girls, one ship. They're here. Dirty, dirty girls. Dirty, mm-hmm. 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 Dirty girls. It, I don't know. Have you played that clip yet? 
Yes. Let me say okay, good. Good. Did I you said, end the second last. one? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I said this during the what Cyberpunk Lorecast, or is it The Witcher? I forget when I say uh, things. I twice. Do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I say these things during my shows and I forget which show they happen in. Um, but yeah, you guys are you guys are back. And then we've got Larry. Larry, welcome to the show. Hello. Nice to meet everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. And then uh, Michael, welcome to the show as well. Evening. Evening. And Anna. Anna or Anna? What should we call you? It's Anna. Anna. I was let's not on the last uh, yeah. stream. Yeah. Well, it's easier for me to just read whatever name is on the thing. Yeah, I forgot to change it when I came yeah. into Zoom. Okay. Okay. Hannah, welcome back. And Psych is here. Hey. Hey. And Pipe Man's back. Pipe Man, welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Well, everybody's everybody's back, or all of these people are back, and it's so nice to have a full house again. So where are we going to start off? Who would like to kick this off? Is there anybody who's just itching to share a story about about things, how they how they got into it, and how their impressions have changed. I know some of you guys have some very interesting stories, and um, let's say here, let's do it this way. Who was the most recent person to discover the series? I know I I learned about the series when it first came out. So let, let's go back. Who discovered it only in like the last year? Wow, wow, three of you: Genesis, Larry, Mike. Who who discovered it? legendary edition when that came out larry okay so larry's Ooh. the newest that's awesome wow so tell us tell us a little story larry what what piqued well, your like what piqued your interest what what got you into the series well my intro story isn't going to be all that interesting i'm a teacher and it came out towards the end of the school year and i was looking for something to play over the summer because that's something that would be more than a 12 to 16 hour game no, and I knew I liked Bioware games because I like Dragon Age. So I played all of them. So, and then I saw it. And so I bought it and then I loved it. Not really sure how I never played it in the past because I feel like I should have, but I didn't. So it was just not on your radar? Were you playing games back in when? When, when, I, when did somewhere way back in like 2005, 2006, I played a shooter type game and I didn't like it. And I decided I hated all shooter games. So I refused to give them a chance forever. Wow. And then I realized that was really, now in retrospect, that was really stupid. But I think that's the reason I just never played it. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So from that perspective, how, how do you feel about the shooting? In, oh, I, I, mean, like I mean, I already, by the time I got into Mass Effect, I'd already played other shooter games and realized, okay, I like them. So, but yeah, I like it. I like the mechanics of the game a lot. I, I like the mechanics of Andromeda a lot, even though some parts of the game drove me a little crazy, but mm -hmm. the shooting mechanics were great. But yeah, I like them. I like the mechanics. It's great. Even Mass Effect 1? I got used to it. At first, it was weird, but I got used to it. It, I think I would. It might have driven me crazy if I'd have played it when it first came out. But Legendary was pretty cleaned up. I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah, it is improved. <laughs> yeah, they they streamlined Mass Effect One a lot. Uh, so I was hoping that someone uh, that we got to talk to, Legendary Edition was their first experience because that transition from Mass Effect One to Two is still a little bit rough, uh, but. It's it's much more streamlined. Being able to use any weapon with any class, I think, is a big deal. Uh, so, how which class did you your first playthrough of the series? Which class I, did you go with? I went soldier. I'm always I always want to have maximum hit points. I want to be the guy that just runs in and goes crazy. So I went soldier, and 
I use, I love, I go assault rifles. That, that's me. Soldier assault rifle. That's it. Wow. So from shooter cynic to soldier fanatic. Exactly. Yep. It's quite the turnaround. It was. I don't, but again, I have no idea why I was stubborn for 10 years on shooter games, but ah, no clue. That's interesting. So what kept you playing though? Because Mass Effect, you know, it's a pretty long game. So I liked the gameplay. That was good. And I liked the characters because immediately that's always going to get me to keep playing a game. If I like, if I grow attached to the characters and I want to stay in the world, I'm going to keep playing. And that happened quick with Mass Effect. And like, as soon as I finished it, I started it again because I wanted to stay. I think I, I didn't play until Legendary and I'm on my sixth playthrough. So I've gotten quite a bit of play. And I let, like, I, I know this is a room that likes to destroy ending, but I'm a uh, synthesis ending guy just because Edie's, Edie's speech at the end of synthesis is like, that's like, that's one of the great things in any game. Like first time I played through it in that speech, like it made me teary out. I finished, I told my girlfriend, I was like, you've got to finish this game because this is the greatest trilogy of all time. That ending, you got to get to it. There's definitely Green. something to love, I think, about every one of the endings. Um, and although there are many, many destroy stands out there, um, I think we would all be doing ourselves a disservice if we did not each play one of the end, like each of the endings at least once. So ha- have you stuck with that ending every single playthrough? I can't do the other endings. I've watched the under- other endings. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I can't kill Edie. I'm sorry. I cannot kill Edie and I can't control Edie. I, ha- I made her alive. I got to stay with it. Yeah, sometimes <clears throat> sometimes that's just the way it is. Sometimes you just can't bring yourself to do a thing. I know some people can't even um, do a playthrough where they, you know, they, they do like the um, like the more evil playthrough or the more, you know, violent renegade. decision. Yeah, in, in Mass Effect, it would be the renegade decision most of the time. Um, but, you know, it depends on the game. You know, like often doing like the more violent decision or the more, um, you know, <laughs> mean thing to do. Um, I mean, when I went through and played Knights of the Knights of the Old Republic games is dark side. Like I felt horrible the whole game because yeah. I had to kill people. I was just like, oh, I'm going to do it, but I hate myself for this. I yeah. can't do it in Mass Effect. I think stats stats show something like uh, 20% of people actually play through. It's something like 20 or 15% of people actually will play through like the more more evil version of something whereas like the vast majority will will do like the good the good version of whatever a game is and and generally will stick to that so um let's let's switch over to mike uh mike you picked this up relatively recently too when did you start playing yeah i think i actually now that i'm thinking of it started playing Basically, right after uh, Last in Seven Day, when the the teaser trailer for the next game came out, mm-hmm. I think that was on in Seven Day last year. It was around that time. Uh, but I just I, I feel like I just started seeing it pop up on the internet because you know a teaser trailer was dropped and people started talking about it, and I was like, oh yeah, Mass Effect. I've heard of that. I uh-huh. have some idea of what that is. Uh-huh. Um, and I was. Uh, believe it or not, in November and uh, December of uh, 2019, uh, looking for stuff to do at home. Uh, And 
I just before I actually got the game, I just been looking on YouTube for just like information about the series, and uh, I started finding a bunch of lore videos specifically like about the races and kind of things like biotics and stuff like that. I've always been a lore junkie in pretty much everything I get into. I've heard lore described as uh, story is the actual events that happen, whereas lore is all of the things that make the world seem real. And the more I looked at the lore, just, you know, just watching a five minute YouTube video, the more compelling like the world seemed and I just got too curious and had to dive in. And then that was pretty much my entire life for a couple of months. Wow. Wow. So you you jumped into the original version of Mass Effect one. Correct. How was that experience? Because you've have you played that and then did you get Legendary Edition when that came out and then replay it? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, and I am a little unique in that I, I'm not really a huge gamer at all. I'm not really a huge anything kind of person. I tend to get kind of like I was saying, I get very involved into certain fandoms randomly just because like the I find the universe compelling or whatever. So I've, I've never been like much of a shooter or uh, any kind of gamer at all. And so I know people say that the game feels dated, but to me, I'm, I haven't really played video games since I was in high school that much anyway. So a, a 2007, uh, computer or a 2007 xbox game ported to pc uh still felt uh revolutionary to me so you know the the gameplay and everything didn't bother me and i'm also such a sucker for story and lore that like if that's good enough i basically don't care how uh clunky a game is nice nice so did you notice the differences when switching to legendary edition through that kind of like, what was your experience? Yes. Did, it, did it blow your mind? Or were you just like, oh, this is nice? I It didn't seem that different playing-wise. I haven't actually uh, finished my Mass Effect 1 playthrough on Legendary Edition yet. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a busy couple of months for me. Um, but I there's it certainly feels easier and feels a little more fluid. But like I said, I, I feel like in some ways I don't notice it a ton just because I wasn't bothered by the original version yeah um, and so it everything everything looks better and plays plays better but uh i thought it was i thought it was fine to begin with so i'm not the best person to ask right right so you're really pulled in by the like the characters the story it's like oh, that's yeah. the stuff that really grabs you like it's it's right. not the it's not the shiny stuff on the surface it's the it's the meaning and the depth underneath Right, and that's the, the reason I got so into it is just because I feel like there is so much of that in Mass Effect in a way that there isn't in a lot of other games. Like just looking at like planet descriptions and stuff like that, every once in a while I just think about the fact that somebody actually wrote a detailed description for every single planet and like 70% of these planets have nothing. There's like, there's no reason to ever look at them, but somebody invented a world and like compelling story behind it. Yeah. And there, there's just kind of like a depth to everything in the game that I guess I am not used to seeing in other franchises. It feels like that lore, that level of detail. It's like something that you can just like keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in and you'll never get to a point where it's blurry. 
it's just like mm-hmm. you keep zooming in when there's always more details to find. Right, right. I remember discovering um, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien as a kid, and my dad loved those books, right? And it was something that that was something I found phenomenal about his writing was the amount of depth he would go into about like the details on the side of the road as they traveled. You know, he would describe like the flowers and the trees and the types of trees and the way the grass grew and the types of stones on the path. Like, like no other fantasy writer did that. You know, he, they were too busy with like, oh, they were, they're, they're going down the path and there's some trees and they go into the next town. Right. But like he would he would talk about the minutiae that had no other reason to be there other than to paint a depth into the world. Like you're saying, you would zoom in and zoom in and zoom in and he would get to the very fine, fine bits of detail that would be the very same details that you would notice if you were right there in that moment. Right. And, and, and that's exactly what you're talking about, is that, like, if you were Commander Shepard in that moment, scanning that planet, that's what you would see. You would see that log yeah. with that, de- that level of detail. Even if there's no reason to go to that freaking planet, because there's nothing there anymore, you would still see that log with that level of detail. And the people who created this game created that level of detail. And that, that is phenomenal. It kind of feels in a way as if they tried to actually create a world that you are actually in rather than a world that a story takes place in. Like the, uh, I remember I listened to an interview with uh, Patrick Weeks where they talked about like creating Morden uh, and they were talking about uh, creating Morden. Uh, there was a, Morden was kind of like originally pitched as kind of like just a straight up bad guy who like thought genocide was great and didn't think anything about the Krogan. And then Patrick Week said that they were like, well, that's not like that's kind of done already. That's very one dimensional. Uh, And it was much more interesting to try to write that character as like somebody that you could understand their point of view and understand why they did the things that they did. Uh, and so it's kind of like a lot of the characters in the story, and I feel like even the very general stuff about the races and and everything, it feels like they're all being treated like actual people rather than characters uh, in a story. Like, mm-hmm. And I, er, everything about the game kind of has that feeling to it. I think that's probably partially, at least partially due to the fact that this writing staff clearly has some great history buffs on it. Uh, they have modeled a large portion of the locations, the events, the people, after real people, places, and things uh, from our own world. And I know that's mm-hmm. partially how they created the galaxy, Bioware's own version of the galaxy anyway. Um, because they they modeled, they threw in as many real life locations as they possibly could. So astronomy buffs out there, probably if they were familiar with Mass Effect, they were looking through the galaxy map and thinking, wow, they, these guys really did their homework. Um, so uh, you take that that type of approach and you apply it to the writing of mass effect and i think it provides us with enough depth enough familiarity for things to feel real yeah yeah well that's really cool um let's move on to genesis i know you you also found this relatively recently when did you discover the series i am a baby when it comes to the mass effect universe because i didn't start playing until may of 2021 
Wow. So, so legendary edition? No, actually I started playing on the Xbox game pass version because it was free. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, free with the subscription, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, when your husband pays for your Xbox pass, it's considered <laughs> free. <laughs> you play, you play your other games. I'm going to play this one. Thanks. <laughs> oh no, we have separate accounts. Oh, there's, uh-huh. there's, um, <laughs> all right there are stories uh-huh. as to why we have two consoles two pcs two everything wow okay when you right. accidentally save over their oblivion save file oh god oh uh-uh. Uh-uh. there's too many Mm-mm-mm. hours this is the hero of kavach no longer existed <laughs> that's unfortunate <sighs> So, uh, okay. So you, you started on that edition and this is, this is back in May. Um, mm-hmm. and what was your, what was your initial impression? Oh, I actually wrote up a whole little story because I was like, my first impressions were just like, I'm playing a shooter game that I didn't want to play back in the day because I thought it was another halo game. Uh-huh. You know, I watched him play it and I was like, all right, so you're running around shooting stuff. Right. I watched you play Halo and I'm not going to do it again. So I ended up playing The Witcher and he played Mass Effect. Another good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Commander Shepard's a pretty cool guy. He bangs yeah. aliens and he doesn't afraid of anything. Yeah, but he didn't have two swords on his back and I thought that was way better. And he didn't talk like this. Exactly. Exactly. No onion references mm. either. Mm. It's onion. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, this year I had played Final Fantasy X, then ten two, then twelve. Classics. Then I played another round of Skyrim, and I 11. was like, "Huh?" <laughs> he skipped eleven. Eleven was like a MMO. Yeah, it yeah, was you're, online you're gonna, stuff. Yeah, and you're not going to do eleven. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, okay, I need another open world RPG that I could stream on Twitch. Mm-hmm. And so I started researching and I found Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect. But I went with Mass Effect because I had just come off of a Sword and Shield game and wanted to shoot somebody with a blaster yeah. rather than go back. Okay. Yeah. Little did I know what I was getting into. I started playing on the Xbox version and then I was done. I did my three playthroughs, my first initial reaction, my secondary femship where I was like, now I'm going to get everything perfect. And then I went a third playthrough with the bro Shep to figure out what the differences were. Mm-hmm. And then I was done. And I started playing Dragon Age Origins. And then for our 18 year anniversary my husband bought me legendary edition and then i got sucked right back in oh boy mm-hmm. it'll pull you in it'll pull you in like a black hole yeah ah. super massive black hole is that a, is uh, that a muse reference so <laughs> super massive black hole <laughs> reaper horn we're all dancing yep uh so then i started looking for more content after i had finished one playthrough and i found the mass effect lore cast in late september got on the discord joined the patreon so that way i could be part of the trivia night the next week i met vervada <laughs> and then two weeks later we started planning our own podcast mm-hmm. and then uh, you divorced your husband and you got married 
<laughs> wait, wait a minute. No, I that's mean, that's right. that's Tom. That happened in the DM. We're not supposed to talk about oh, that I'm on sorry. live stream. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, two months later, we text almost every day, and I have met so many other amazing people in the community. And this is where my gushy little love note starts. Tom has become an amazing mentor. Oh. Sam is a great drinking buddy. <laughs> Lena is totally team Jen and toasty is now a beastie. Sav makes me laugh with every comment and impression and cloudy is my favorite Corian. And let's not forget the third to the late night tearjerker club. I seriously could go on and on with all the amazing people that I've met psych and Apollo, the cups and pipe man. I love you all. Oh, well, that was fun. It was a fun little retrospective. That's awesome. I'm flattered. Yeah, thank you very much. How nice. How nice. So Mass Effect brought me to people, not just another Halo game. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and it's fun that you included other games as well. That's uh, that's, it's also fun to talk. I mean, obviously, we all like Mass Effect here, but it's also fun to, you know, have share multiple interests with the community, you know? Mm -hmm. that's enjoyable as well very cool stuff well on in the interest of time we got to keep moving on so who is next uh youngest in your fandom of mass effect who's who's discovered in the most in the next i don't know last two or three years anybody else or most of you guys like old fans two or three years four years who maybe started with andromeda no but no everyone's like nope not andromeda all right, five years, 2016, 2015, 2013. Did anyone start with Mass Effect 3? Yeah, Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 2. 2 was a big one. Lena, Lena 2. Turbo Toboggan 2. All right, Lena, let's start with you. You discovered it in 2, but not 1. Yeah, I mean, like... I'm pretty sure I stole it off my brother's desk someday. Like it, it was just chilling there, and I was, I don't know what I was doing in his room, but I think I stole <laughs> it. And I was like, hmm, that's a pretty cool cover. Like a cool guy, Miranda was on there, uh -huh. and I think I have it somewhere here, but I don't know where it is. And I think I've played through it, and I thought it was just a cool game, and. Ever since then, I mean, it was 2012 or 2013. Oh my God, that's almost 10 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Ever since then, I've replayed it like every year. And I have this with a lot of stuff that I'm into that I watch stuff or I play stuff. And every time I play it or I see it, there's a new layer in there. And I love that so much about the trilogy that like it's there are so many so many symbols metaphors the story the characters and that's what like it's a huge part of my life because i get a new thing every time i play it mm -hmm. yeah i find that with with some of the best uh fiction whether it's uh, books or movies or games, the they tend to only get better with time 
with rewatching, with replaying. Um, they're like like an onion. There, there's these layers, right? And you can peel them back, and you go, "I didn't realize this." There's like this depth to it, um, and that's that's not something that you can claim for most things. Uh, this uh, it's it's almost like like food, not like just an onion, but like well prepared food has complexity and flavor. You know, like a McDonald's burger tastes like a freaking McDonald's burger. A Diet Coke tastes like a Diet Coke. There's no complexity in the flavor, right? It is always going to taste like a Diet Coke, and it's always just going to... That's the one flavor you get out of it. There's no complexity in the flavor. But a really well-prepared meal has, like, nuance and complexity. And the same with a game that is really well done. And I think that's a really solid point, is that you can keep going back and you can find more every time. Yeah, I just finished uh, my playthrough of Legendary Edition, like my first playthrough of Legendary Edition. I don't know what number playthrough it is total of the series, Uh, but I just finished it. And I discovered like time after time, I found new stuff that I had never seen before. And a few of those things were due to the fact that my most recent playthrough, I was completely celibate in Mass Effect 3. I mean, like there was a kiss scene with Jack at the beginning, but there was no ultimate romance, so to speak. So my shepherd woke up alone on the way to the final mission, and it was the most depressing thing in the world. Uh, But nevertheless, I can't think of another game that I'm still playing um, 14 years, you know, after the fact, after the first one, um, nine years after the the third one, right? And I'm still, not only am I still playing it, not only am I on my sixth, seventh, eighth, I don't know what number playthrough, um, but I'm also finding new things. I mean, I thought Inception was a deep movie, and I've seen it like five times now, and I noticed something new about it every time, but that movie is like two and a half, three hours long. Each one of these games takes like 40 to 60 hours for one playthrough if you're doing it complete. So, you know, I'm still still finding new stuff hundreds, thousands of hours later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to add, you know? I mean, maybe like last words. It just gives me so much comfort because like, I know what's going to happen, but there are new layers and I don't know. It always feels like coming home, which is why I play it maybe like once a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that, have that game or that novel or that movie. And then sometimes they watch it during a certain time of year, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Turbo Toboggan. You started with two also. <laughs> I, I think it's two. Um, whichever one was the multiple discs. Mm, what platform were you on? I think it was PlayStation 2, I want to say. I think I played on Xbox. No, I played on PC, so I don't remember if it was disc or Because it wasn't digital. me playing it, but I picked it up. I picked because my I, I got into it on place, uh, Mass Effect 2 because my brother was playing it. Mm-hmm. And I was down at his, because my, my dad and my mom separated, but uh, I was at my stepbrother's house and he was on his PlayStation. He was playing and I just saw him making all these, tr- making, it was like, because I didn't really like RPGs right. and stuff. And I know, and I just saw him making his own character and making these choices. And the I love sci-fi. So when I saw that, I'm like, this is so amazing. I mean, he let me play a little bit. 
and that's just got me started. So I went back and played one, played through two. And it's what made me actually like start playing video games and stuff. Cause I went and got one and just started playing. Oh, that's cool. So you were like, okay, sci-fi, you can create a character. You can decide, you can make all these decisions. You get to make, yeah, you I'm get to make all the characters. Cause I, I, mm-hmm. I playing it back then when I was like, I didn't like playing video games. Cause I like, I don't get to be my own character. I got to be who they pick. Yeah. And it's just set and stone that all it's going to be the same as everyone else's game. And then I saw Mass Effect, and I'm like, I can make my own character. This could be telling me if I was in that world and I was actually a badass. Right, right. So, so make your own choices and things. yeah. So I know the character creation was like a really big lure for probably all of us. Um, but how? Let, let's be honest here, Turbo Toboggan. Were you aware that you could bang aliens in this game before you started? No. Uh, was I, that I a plus? <laughs> yeah, did you like it? That? Is, it is a plus. <laughs> Once I figured that out, because I was at that age, I'm like, oh my God, I can have a girlfriend. Uh-huh. Or, but when I first played, I just thought, I can be my own badass in space. I'm like, I can be Han Solo in space. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was a little, so I was a little kid, I was like, Yes. And then I found yeah. out when I bought mess, uh, when I bought, bought I'm like, wait, I can be a girl. I can be a hot girl or I, I can bang these the sexy guys <laughs> got, uh, with psychic powers. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yes. Bring yes. on the Raptor chicken boyfriend. <laughs> well, no, it was Caden. Uh, Cause I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't get to choose the boyfriend and two, but when I got to as soon as I got the two, I'm like, yes, Garris. Yeah, romance options were severely limited in one. And then I think after hearing uh, a raucous uproar uh, from the fans, Bioware was like, screw it, we'll expand them. (laughs) That's how we got Thane, the sexy amphibian. That's that's who I ended up with first, yeah. Um, That's awesome, dude. So, how old were you? Uh, I want to say maybe seven. Wow. I I, 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 I was young. I was... Uh, maybe eight like i was young yeah wow wow okay so man so did you play through them again regularly or did you like, play, like when was the next time you I, played I try to them? make it every year around around and seven day i like to go back and play them all again mm-hmm. i never really got to play uh mass effect one a lot until they came out with on the like a that three pack on playstation I didn't really get to play it. I always had to go get a friend's Xbox and play it on theirs. Cause I didn't, I got the copy of mass effect. One I had was for Xbox 360. But ever since that, that three pack came out, I made sure to play at least once every year. Wow. So how did your impression of things evolve as you got older? I realized that, uh, as I got older, like I realized like I played that, the first time I played through, I, I didn't when I was younger, but when I got teenage, I realized I'm playing this because I like the dating. Like afterwards, that I realized uh-huh. that became a more important part. Like, because I was a nerdy kid with no uh, girlfriend at the time, and then eventually it became like I just loved being able to role play because uh-huh. I can either be a complete another dick or be the hope of hum- <laughs> hope of the universe, sure. or I could be me. But uh, like, uh, 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 like it, it, it was. It was sometimes whenever I was like having uh, bored or didn't have to do it, like it helped me not uh, go out of my mind. 
Yeah. So Did I you can always pull Mass Effect on and it, it'd get my attention and make me happy because I could that mm-hmm. stuff. Did you start to pick up on like more of the complex stuff, the storyline stuff, the political side of things? The that didn't happen until probably Mass Effect Three mm-hmm. when it first came out. I don't know when that was. I don't remember how old I was when that happened. But when Mass Effect Three came out and stuff, I st- I started going back and playing through it. I started realizing what was happening in two. And then three and stuff. Yeah, I got you. But that didn't happen until probably Mass Effect 3 came out with all its DLC and stuff. So whenever that happened, I don't know what year that was. What was that? Mass Effect 3 came out in March of 2012. 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's around that time. Okay. Man, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Anything else you want to add about that? Um, I actually like a Mass Effect Andromeda. I loved it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. What, what made that so enjoyable for you? Um, I like the new start. Like you got, you, it was a whole new character. So it's like, I don't know anything. That's, well, you, okay, you know, some of the background cause it's still set in the Mass Effect universe, mm-hmm. but it took Mass Effect three and just technically threw out the window. It's like Mass Effect three hadn't even happened yet. So it's like, doesn't matter what choice you made in three, this is technically a whole new universe with whole new characters. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was kind of a soft reset to me. So I was like, I was in the mood for that. Cause I played mass effect every single year. And by the time mass effect drama came out, it was sad to say kind of getting repetitive. I know I hadn't seen everything yet, but I had the certain way I liked to play it. Oh, sure. And I'd seen the, everything in that. Yeah. And so, that makes sense. I mean, but you, you but play something over and over effect, again. You, you, it's time for something new. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know what I don't know what Mass Effect Legendary Edition did that made it seem new again. I know it's technically practically the same story wise, mm-hmm. but uh, it just it just hit it. So it's like I can play it again, and I've actually played it probably at least two times for each character. I'm about to do probably my sixth playthrough, and then I'm about to hit Mass Effect three. And stuff because I had three characters on Mass Effect one, so that's two play. That's and then uh, Mass Effect. Oh, well, maybe not. I have six playthroughs right now wow. for Mass Effect one, and I'm on my sixth one for Mass Effect two, and then I'm heading to three. Wow, wow! And I'm awesome. still not bored with it, even though I've done it that many times. So I'm just playing it with two different characters, uh-huh. and I'm playing it different ways. Like a good shepherd, then I'm playing female shepherd, then I'm playing a dick shepherd. <laughs> Nice. A dick male shepherd just going like he's good. I'm just going. I just want to see all the the bad things because I usually don't pick those. Yeah. I usually yeah. pick like mostly good, some bad in there, but I've never done a full renegade playthrough, so I'm doing that. Yeah, Mark Mears. There are some is, brutal moments. Yeah, and his his voice is perfect for it too because he's just he just he sounds like such a dick when he's when he's delivering those really uh those lines. Oh yeah. Being so mean. Yeah. He does it really well. Well, that's awesome, dude. All right. Well, we need to take a quick break. Thank our patrons, you guys and the rest of our patrons. And we'll be back with the rest of you to talk about your your retrospective. So stay tuned. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online right? 
But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. All right, here we are in the middle of the show to thank our patrons, all of you guys and all of our other patrons, all 46 of you now. Holy moly. 46 patrons. You guys are amazing. And we're going to welcome two of our new patrons, Eric K and Jason B. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for your support. You guys are awesome. And um, also, we need to call out our Commander Shepherds, Pipe Man and Sovereign. Thank you. There's Pipe Man right there. And Sovereign, who I guess couldn't make it with this week, but thank you, Sovereign. And um, if we've done anything to help you get through your work days, your workouts, your drives to work, or your fixing your pipes because they burst because of the cold weather because that's a real problem or in Florida because somebody drove over your sprinklers because it doesn't snow here and you still have to water your lawn and then you call your HOA and you say hey these sprinklers on the other side of the sidewalk I think this is your problem and while you do that you listen to podcasts then you should go to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast and check all the different tiers and maybe you'll want to just sign up for one of them and, and get no ads or maybe join us on a future episode of the show or get t-shirts. Have you guys been getting t-shirts yet? Have you been, have you got, have you seen some nods? Oh my I gosh. I believe Psych is wearing his. Oh, Psych is on. Look at this. Look at this, Pipe Man. You got here's underneath your button down shirt. You're kind of doing this thing. I don't want it to get too suggestive, but it, I am wearing it. What? <laughs> oh, oh, Turbo's hurting. Oh man. I'm so jealous. You guys get all the cool stuff. <sighs> this is awesome. So this is super fun. So thank you to all of you guys. You guys are the best. And um, you have anything else you want to say, N7, while everybody's here? Well, uh, yeah, like I say, like every week, every month, um, I just I really severely appreciate uh, all of the support that we get. And it's still immensely humbling um to me because you know tom we did we started this like nine months ago uh and you know no pun intended because of the support that this amazing community has shown us we have seen a meteoric rise in in popularity like <laughs> not not many not many podcasts um become as 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 prominent i guess um but it's because of the support uh, because of the word of mouth, because of the, you know, like the ratings and the, you know, just being there when it counts, I think uh, that this community has has shown us and how fitting. Right. Because the entire point of the Mass Effect trilogy is teamwork, you know, stand strong, stand together. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I find that uh, equally as cheesy and as powerful. Uh, and I love our community. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much my thoughts on the matter. Yeah, thank you to all of you guys. Really, genuinely, you guys are awesome. Thank you for being part of this community, for supporting the show. We really do appreciate it. You are what helps us to do this all the time, to make it a, a side thing for Fran Seven to make it part of my full time career as a podcaster and somebody uh, running a podcast network. Um, Genuinely, we really do appreciate it. And also, we do have a new review. This one comes from Omen Gaming in the U.S. who writes, Fantastic five stars. I am a longtime Mass Effect fan. I found you guys a couple of days ago and I binged the entire series to get up to date. I love the two-sided conversations from you guys because I feel like I am both of you together whenever I read through the lore and the codex entries. I would always tie the knowledge back to real-world history. It amazes me that Bioware was able to get so in-depth with these races that sometimes you forget this is science fiction. I'm going to start working through the books and I am on my fifth playthrough of Legendary Edition. Wow, five through playthroughs already. Uh, this time I will be a female shepherd because in a previous episode, Sam convinced me that her dialogue was awesome and different. I am glad I found uh, others who enjoy this game and lore as much as I do. Sorry for this being so long. Thank you guys. Keep being awesome. P.S. Uh, uh, episode on Forgotten Races should be a good topic or maybe one on the Yog. Well, the Yog were part of a co-episode we did, but um, Forgotten Races. Also a metal band. Also, <laughs> also part of a metal band. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Omen Gaming, for the five-star review. View. We really do appreciate that. Um, and this is a quick reminder. The uh, uh, There's been an update to Spotify, which allows you guys to do fi- uh, five-star reviews there as well. So double check, um, either on your mobile app or on the PC or on the PC app. I can see it on my mobile app now. They're slowly rolling this out. So if you are somebody who listens on Spotify or somebody who's kind enough to just look up the show on Spotify, if you scroll to the top where you can see the name of the show, and then you look down below where it lists the info for the show to where it shows like categories on the left side, there is a section where you can rate the show with stars. So if you want to give us a five star rating on there, that would be super, super helpful. So you can do that there as well. And if you do leave a review on Apple Podcasts with some words, we'll read it out. Uh, five star review with words we'll read out on a future episode. So thank you again to everybody and to all of our patrons. We got to go talk to the rest of our patrons, though. So here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right. So here we are. So, okay, we're, we've caught up. I think everyone else who's left started with Mass Effect 1. When this came out, this is 2007. We're going back in time, 14 years, 14 years in the past. Who would like to start? Who picked it up like right on release? Who was there day one? Anybody? Nobody was there day one. Who picked it up like after like years later who has an interest let's just go with this who has an interesting story who has who has something like oh this is this crazy story anna what's your what's your interesting story about picking up mass effect one okay so technically i did pick it up in 2014 but i don't know if you saw me raise my hand oh i didn't i I didn't catch it there's too many people on the screen okay so 2014 (laughs) okay let's go with that okay 2014 Um, i had uh, my brother owned our PlayStation three for like the entirety of as long as I can remember. 
Um, and it wasn't until uh, he, he got the PlayStation 4 for Christmas. Then I got the PlayStation 3 handed down to me. Uh-huh. And I didn't play anything. Like, I... I think the most I had played was like Little Big Planet, maybe. Uh-huh. And, little sack people running around. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, I don't know. I was just like scrolling through and I found not Mass Effect. I found Infamous um, PlayStation mm. game. You know, mm-hmm. like the lightning powers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever seen like a morality system in a video game. And so I played through it. I played through one and two, fell in love with it. It was great. I played it a couple of times. But then, like, after my original couple playthroughs, I didn't have anything else. I just had a PlayStation with two games on it. Um, so I was, like, I don't know. I was big into Watch Mojo at the time, that YouTube channel, just does top ten lists. And I was looking through, like, story games or stuff with morality systems and games or whatever. Right. And Mass Effect was always number one every single time. For, even on the, like the best video games ever it was mass effect mass effect mass effect i was like yeah I like space oh <laughs> pick this up all right space uh, is cool <laughs> got it so i sold every single game that my brother owned for the playstation 3 because i didn't have a job i was in i was in like I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school. I didn't have a job. I had no access to money. So all I could do was just sell our games at GameStop and get like 45 cents. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm, um, here you go, GameStop. Here's like, like I, I can imagine you bring like a stack of games in. They're like, all right, we'll give you like 20 bucks. I was going through like our old PlayStation 1 games. It was uh-huh. like anything I could get. Um, but I had like just enough to pick up the trilogy, the trilogy pack. Yeah. Um, Cause one did not exist on the PlayStation three uh, without it. Um, and so I played through it, didn't pay attention to it at all. I can't like remember anything specific from my original playthrough other than like I romanced Caden Thane and then Caden again. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I realized at the end of it, I was like, I didn't pay attention to this at all. Let me, let me run it back. Let me try it again. You just basically and, played um, it as like a dating sim. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like, like a I'm- space dating sim. <laughs> Uh, so I beat three immediately went back, started at one again. And it was on my second playthrough that I realized like, Oh, this is, this is something that I've not seen before. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got into the series. That's, that's cool. That's cool. That's nice. So man, I would love to have, I'd love to have like go back in time and see like a picture of like all the games you sold. <laughs> like what was in that, <laughs> what was in that I stack? Can- it was like every single uh, NBA or NFL game that came out from PlayStation One to the Three mm. uh, mm-hmm. got like maybe a dollar for all yeah. of them. Yeah, I don't know. That was like that was like kids' first introduction to like like pawn shops, basically. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was basically that. Like you bring in all of like they're in, in video game form, but you bring in like all of your life savings. And they're like, we can give best you I can do is $2. Yeah. Which is why I didn't really understand when people were all bent out of shape when Game Stocks was failing. I was like, don't you guys remember when they fucked us? But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. So, okay. So when did you, like, that second playthrough, you, like, fell in love with the game? Is that, like, when it really 
like I don't know, sunk its teeth and like space vampire teeth into you? Like, yeah, it was like I don't know. Whenever I play something or like reading books, I was talking to Genesis about this earlier today. But like whenever I ingest new media, the first is just like figure out what's going on in the world, try to pay attention, not really latch on to anything. But then when I go back to it, it's like I know what's going on. And so I know what to look out for. And yeah. so that's when like I really start to get into something. And then it was just like all of the information, all the lore and stuff. I don't know why I'm just like a sponge for when it comes to stuff like that. I could talk for hours to people who've never even heard about it. Just like explaining this, 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 and this. Um, yeah. But it's it a I, lot to get into. I totally get that because I, I feel like some, especially with games that are so deep, you need kind of an introductory period in order to get a sense of like, what is even the landscape like before you can get deeper with it sometimes. So mm -hmm. for example, um, yes. Uh, when I discovered the Elder Scrolls, this is back in 2007 when Oblivion came out. I'd never played an Elder Scrolls game before. And the Elder Scrolls, like the lore of the Elder Scrolls is, is super deep, just like Mass Effect. There's a ton of crap in those games. I had no idea about anything in those games at all. And the first 50 hours I played in that game was just wandering around, not knowing anything about anything that was going on at all. And it took me that character just like fumbling around in the world to finally like get to a point where I was like, okay, I think, I think I get it. And then I had to restart a new character and then play through. And then that's when everything clicked. And it's kind of like playing through mass effect, you know, like doing like a 50 hour yeah. playthrough and then starting a new character and playing through it again. And then going, Oh, that's who these guys are. That's who these aliens are. Okay. That's, that's what the Citadel is. Oh, that's what, okay. That's why, that's why the, you know, th this race is so interesting. This is what the, th oh, that's why the bad guys are so bad. That's what, oh, I get it. That's why, oh, the council is really worried about this thing. I get it. You know, like that's when everything starts to click and it's just, there's just so much depth that sometimes yeah. it just takes that to get there. They need to give you a, a, a slower speed intro uh, to let you absorb a lot of it. And I found that my retrospective, uh, you know, like opinion on the series was at first, when I first started playing the game, I played it very gamey because mm -hmm. I wasn't really interested in being sincere. I was just interested in learning the lore. Like I played it very gamey. I just wanted the best possible outcome. So naturally I picked all Paragon things. Right. Um, and then as I got older, as I've like played the series to death, I've been much more interested in like, okay, well, what if I'm like kind of a good guy, but also I have my fatal character flaws, you know what I mean? Uh, and getting into really interesting combinations like that of choices, of outcomes, and it's been still rewarding for me. And it's interesting you bring up, you know, Elder Scrolls with this deep lore and Elder Scrolls did a good job of letting you wander around and absorbing it at your own pace. But I wanted to draw a comparison because I think Mass Effect 1 does a good job of that too, mm -hmm. because Mass Effect 1 is so slow. Yeah. Um, but you know what game doesn't? You know what game just kind of throws you in the middle and you have to learn it? Because at the, at the beginning, if you don't know the background, uh, you're like lost and, and that's cyberpunk. Oh, And yeah, I yeah, had no yeah. experience with cyberpunk tabletop, no experience with cyberpunk like at all beyond the aesthetic and like cyberpunk like shows you know what i mean right so when i first started playing cyberpunk 2077 
it was just like I was thrown in. And I was like, what the hell are they talking about? Like left and right, there were so many references that were dropped where I was like, I don't know what's going on. But I I still put in the effort and I'm like 50 hours in and it's still incredibly rewarding now. And I know it's going to be even better on a second playthrough round. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 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 Or if you listen to Cyberpunk Lorecast and we explain all the different... Uh factions and in the world and you know i'm actually going through the episodes right now yeah that helps you too um but and and it's also to your point uh i think that's part of why i enjoyed mass effect 2 more than mass effect 1 is because mass effect 1 it took me that that play through one to kind of get introduced to the world and then by two was when everything started to click more Mm -hmm. right like okay this is the citadel this is these are the different groups this is why everything's going on so yeah, I think that's a that's a really cool perspective because it does take that time to kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the thing that gave it the most staying power for me that made it like such a constant in my life and it's like purely due to character creator. Um it's the fact that my shepherd every single of my shepherds is a black woman and you don't get to see like just in media in general, stop it. Sorry, my cat is <laughs> messing with my messing with my light. Uh-huh. Um, in 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 media, just in general, you don't get to see black women in such like uh, a nuanced role as Commander Shepard can be. Right, um, right. And it's like even even just the the small fact of Shepard becoming humanity's the the first specter of humanity, like that role going to a black woman yeah. over like even just like a white woman like it's it's a completely different uh it means much more to me than m- maybe to other people who um just because you, you don't get to see that and she gets to be so like i don't know she can she's like a, a huge badass she's uh she she's like the humanity's brightest um <laughs> it's it's just and, and she's still like a flawed individual and I, I love in three that you actually get to see um shepherd in a more like uh what's the word i'm looking for more vulnerable like you get more moments of like shepherd with the weight of the galaxy on their shoulders yeah. and you can see how the like you see commander shepherd the the human specter but then in three you actually get to see like commander shepherd the person um, and it's, it's just something that I have to keep going back to see like every year. Cause it, there's nothing else like it out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love, I love uh, as, as a very, you know, white male cis, you know, like, I like I, I don't get to see the world through the eyes of somebody who is a minority and th- as somebody with my perspective, I love to be able to see representation in film and games through perspectives that I don't have because it, it broadens my view of the world. And, and I love to hear stories like that. I love, I love that we are getting more of that in film and games and things like that. You know, we, we get more lead characters from, from minorities and, and women and, 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 um, like it kind of gives me chills because like we, we you're right we don't have enough of that and i love that representation like that is more common i love that that children can be inspired to be things that they never thought they could be because we're getting more representation like that in our stories 
and in our leaders and, and things like that. I, I, that's hugely important. And being able to put yourself in that kind of role is and not just i mean not just the fact that it's video games and like let's be honest for the past 30 years uh the vast majority of that history video games have been almost completely dominated by males right male characters male driven uh everything like that and 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 yet not only is mass effect a video game but it's also part of the sci-fi genre which is historically very male, male, male focused and male, male driven. Uh, so it was nice that Bioware was the, one of the companies really pushing the envelope for progress there in egalitarian representation uh, and having female uh, or feminine rather uh, protagonists. Yeah. So I, I love that. That's awesome. That is really, really cool. Thank you for bringing that perspective onto the show. That's that's awesome. Um, and if you guys, if anyone out there hasn't played as Femship, please start a playthrough as Femship because it's it's life changing. Jennifer Hale is number one in my eyes. I had to say it once a time I'm talking with you guys, but mm-hmm. please play Femship. She's great. I second that. Yeah. I second that. Yeah. Jennifer Hale does an amazing job. Yes, she's wonderful. All right, who hasn't gone yet and would like to go? All right, Vervada, what's your story? Um, my story <laughs> begins. In 2007, I was, how old was I? 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And I picked up Mass Effect because I've always been a gamer my whole life. My dad is the reason that I love playing video games. And I remember playing, one of the first games I ever played was Warcraft 2 on PC, like an ancient PC. And just, I remember one of the reasons I was drawn to Mass Effect is for the exact same reason that Anna was talking about was because I found out you could play as a woman. And I was like, yes, previous to that game, I think the only one I had played where I could choose to be a woman was Harvest Moon. (laughs) I could be a woman (laughs) farmer. Yeah. And that's the only one I can think of. And so when I first picked it up, Mass Effect 1, I, I was much more, and I still am much more into high fantasy. So Mass Effect at that time didn't drag me in. Then I played Dragon Age Origins when it came out in 2009 and I graduated high school that same year and I started working at Target and I met one of my best friends still to this day over our mutual love of Dragon Age. And she was like, have you played Mass Effect? And I was like, yeah, I didn't really finish it though. And not long after that, Mass Effect 2 came out and she's like, you have to play it again. The second game just came out and that's when I really got into it and I got into it so much because exactly what um, Mike was talking about way earlier in the episode, I am all about story. I will overlook game mechanic flaws. I will overlook graphics issues if the story's there. And Bioware knows how to write a story for sure. So I immediately fell in love. I, I played as what I would think the best version of myself would be. And I, especially back then at that time, was such a doormat, very timid, very shy. I, and my Commander Shepard was not that at all. And I was, I would have loved to be her, you know? So I joined the Navy because of Commander Shepard, partly. I mean, my cousin was in the Navy and there were other reasons, but part of it was because I was like, I want to be just like her. I want to be tough. I want to be capable. I want to be compassionate and I want to be strong. And I love that Bioware made it so that 
femship is the same as broship. They're both just as evil or just as paragon or just as bitchy or just as whatever. They're the same. (laughs) It's amazing that they did that, especially back then. That was unheard of. And, you know, fast forward to this today. I mean, I played Mass Effect 3 when it came out in 2012. I played Andromeda. It didn't feel quite the same to me as the original trilogy. I did enjoy it, but it didn't have the same lure that the original trilogy did. And when Legendary Edition came out this year, I had a surgery and I was pretty much bedridden. So I played it the entire trilogy in like a week and a half, just straight because I couldn't do anything else. I just was laying around all day and it felt like coming home. I was like this. It's like I reached through time back to my childhood when I played it the first time. And it was just as fun and just as awesome. And there was plenty of stuff I saw in it that I didn't get out of it the first time I played because I was so young when I first played it. Now I'm 30 and I have a daughter. So it felt much more impactful, especially in the third game when like the whole world was ending and you're hearing about Garrus and his sister and his dad barely escaping off of Palavin and you're seeing the child die in the very beginning and the end comes and I did choose destroy and you have the end scenes playing and I'm just like bawling my eyes out because it's still amazing. So, I mean, any story that can get to me like that, first of all, if I played that game on mute, I might not cry, but the music (laughs) really, really gets me every time. So it's just, it's just awesome. It's the best. That's awesome. That's my story. That's that's a great story. That's great. Yeah. It's always nice to feel like you're coming home, you know? Yeah. It's like a cozy blanket at this point, you know, it's familiar. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had just commented on it on the uh, last portion of my playthrough that I streamed. But I, I think that part of the reason why so many of us find it so easy to go right from Mass Effect 3 right back into Mass Effect 1 for another playthrough uh, is because Mass Effect 3 has that sense of dire urgency that you said. And yet Mass Effect 1 is this whimsical, like, the world is your oyster, except it's the galaxy is your oyster. And, you know, there's this entire possibility of exploration and limitless, you know, possibilities, yada, yada, yada. There's a certain exuberance to Mass Effect 1. And you like, you know, by the time you get to Mass Effect 3, it's like Shepard has aged too. Even though the amount of years between those in the series wasn't that much at all. Uh, and Shepard spent most of it dead. Um, but but yet they, they do such a good job in in the story arc that that is the way that, that the story arc should feel. That, you know, you go from exuberance and then it gets, you know, more intense as the conflict uh, heightens. And then there's the denouement. But with Mass Effect, the denouement was just short enough to want to propel people back into Mass Effect 1. So, yeah, I think that that dynamic and that cycle probably facilitates the multiple playthrough aspect. I think it also helps. Like I said earlier, I I'm a huge Dragon Age fan because I love high fantasy, but to go, it was such a shock to go from Dragon Age Origins, which is a voiceless character to then you have Shepard. You play as a different person in each Dragon Age game. That's kind of true for most games. You don't play as the same person. But with Mass Effect, you're Shepard in one and two and three. And it feels like you're best friends with them at the end. Like you're 
walking perfectly in step with them the whole way you've built this relationship with your character and with the other characters they feel like they we've all said already that they feel like real people so that it's kind of like for me harry potter is the same way because i was that perfect age where um I, it came out and i was growing up with them and you had seven books to get to know them it's like the same thing with Mass Effect, except it's more because you're a part of the story. You're directly affecting the story. So it's really, really impactful. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a really cool perspective. Well, thanks for sharing. That's awesome. That's awesome stuff. All right. Who's left to go? We've got Pipe Man. Pipe Man's left. Anybody else? Did everyone else go? Pipe Man and... Okay, and Psych. Pipe Man, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I, I guess my my story is a little on the depressing side, but it, it gets better. Um, I promise. So, um, very brief background. Um, I haven't always been a gamer. Um, I always... I had like my best friend who was the gamer um, of the two of us. And I would always sit and just watch um, until his mom yelled and said, you have to share the controller. Um, I always enjoyed watching. I always, I sort of learned how to be a gamer vicariously through him. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we've been friends now for 32 years um, wow. and we still game every like once a week if we can um so in 2008 um i got uh i discharged from the marine corps um shout out Vada. thank you for chauffeuring us <laughs> um and this was i guess just after mass effect had come out um I had watched my friend play it. So that's kind of a cool game. Um, and I, I sort of, I just did a playthrough, enjoyed it. Um, you know, wasn't quite the completionist that I am now, but, um, fast forward a year. Um, I received the news that my battle buddy, um, had, battle, battle turtle buddy. Mm, not quite. <laughs> um, but the guy, like my best friend that I served alongside, um, had died. Oh. Um, and it, I was a wreck. Um, and I found myself just literally searching for some sort of catharsis or some sort of community. Um, and I just on a whim, I restarted the Mass Effect series. And um, I know I've I think I've mentioned this to, you know, N7, I, you know, it is the game that pulled me back through the Omega 4 relay. Um, and it's I still play it. I try to play it once a year. Um, the biggest attachment for me, I, I think, is the crew. Um, I mean, it's such a diverse group of, of, um, people, if you will, um, who all have these really interesting backgrounds. They all have their own problems. They all have their own quirks. Um, you know, you get to help them through their own 
troubles, difficulties, um, you know, even if they're just loyalty missions, it it really is kind of neat to to be there for somebody. You know, I was not there for my buddy. Uh, you know, we were on two different sides of the world, but um, it's it's really been an, a um, a really comforting sort of community to come back to and know that you know you can be there for them and it's it's kind of interesting the way that you know your squad mates can can die if you don't take care of them um so i've i've sort of found that in every playthrough i will go so far out of my way to try to keep everybody alive and happy um you know, and that's, I think that's just, that is probably the biggest reason that I come back to the series every year, every year and a half. Wow. So, wow. yeah. So it's, it's a very personal thing for you. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. And I've actually, um, I, I think Genesis, you said you were, you had d- done some writing, um, of some sort of like your kind of like reaction to it. I'm actually in, uh, in, in the process of writing an article um, on using video games to help uh, combat vets with PTSD. Um, Oh, that's cool. It's really, really interesting sort of rabbit hole where, um, you know, it's not just first person shooters. It's, it's all sorts of games. It's because it's structure, it's community, it's purpose. Um, So if, if I ever get off my butt and finish that, um, I'll I'll I'll, po- I'll post it. I don't know what I'm doing with it, but it's it's just been sort of a neat way to kind of get my ideas out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, good luck with that. That sounds that sounds like an awesome project. I mean, there's a lot of things like that that can help people, and mm. um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would really appreciate the help. So yeah, that's that's really yeah. Cool. And and you know, I I myself. Uh, I had spoken with Pipe Man about that. I think it's a wonderful idea. Uh, and I think that there's a, a certain, certainly a sizable portion of the Mass Effect community is either uh, currently a service member or service member related or service member adjacent or f- former service member. There's a large portion of the Mass Effect community that has that tie to the military. Uh, which is interesting. So I think that that article would be greeted with open arms. Yeah. Thanks. And I, I, I did, I did promise that the story would get better. I've, I've used sort of my interaction with mass effect, my experience to sort of connect with other people. So um, my, all of you people, absolutely 100%. Um, you know, it's what it's midnight here. And I'm like, I'm not going to bed yet. Cause my, my people are here, but, um, as a joke, uh, my, my girlfriend, um, you know, said, Hey, like, when are we getting married? And I said, well, oh boy. <laughs> you have to play through mass effect first. Cause if you're going to know me, like <laughs> two minutes later, she's like, all right. I'm building my character. <laughs> so she's just started our, her second playthrough. 
Mass Effect speed run. Wow. <laughs> and we're getting married next June. So that's there- amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. There's going to be some, uh, I-, I think we're going to try to work in some Mass Effect stuff. So oh, that's I'm- awesome. I'm open to ideas. So Mass Effect makes the whole world better. That's so. great. Congratulations. That's so, that's so awesome. And we're all going to be invited. Is that what you're saying? We're all, we're all get, we all get to go to the wedding. That's so nice of you to invite us all. I don't see why not. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to invite us all. But yeah, um, on the East Coast, though. So hey, I, I'm on the East Coast. Um, that, dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. What a fun, what a fun way to talk about uh, Mass Effect and affecting lives. That's so cool. That's that's awesome. That's so cool. Well, maybe maybe uh, she can join us sometime and, and tell her story about her her experiences with the game. I'll I'll let her know. <laughs> That would be so cool. I'm well, going to issue the same ultimatum to my <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> well, honey, I need to know how serious you are about this relationship. <laughs> right? This means a lot to me. <laughs> well, I need to uh, first have you play this game that I'm very interested in to find out how much you love me, dear. Um, she's she's currently stuck on the citadel and hasn't left yet because it's like in mass effect one it's like hard to find out where your ship is and how to leave yeah it takes and i like brought it up to her i was like so when are you gonna start playing again she's like i don't know that part's pretty slow that that's where it bogs down in the first i i told her i was like i promise you that is the slowest part of the game yeah yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah well psych i think you're the last one yeah, I have to follow up. Uh, we're getting married because we're playing Mass Effect. Sorry, that's that's <laughs> thanks, Pike Man. <laughs> no pressure. All right. No pressure. Um, so, I mean, my story is you know it's a tale as old as time, really. Uh, boy meets Bioware with Knights of the Old Republic. Beauty and the Bi- Beast. <laughs> uh, boy loves Bioware and continues to buy Bioware games all the way up through to when Mass Effect comes out in two thousand seven. Um, and so I, I've already been, you know, introduced to the, you know, the morality system that was pretty much like, there's a third game from them that had that. So I was like, okay, I know what to do here. Just pick all my top options. Um, blue, blue all the way. You're blue all the way. Exactly. Uh, light side, uh, stuff anyway. Um, and then from, from that, I, I mean, it was, to me, it was, it was just it was a nice game. I enjoyed it. It had a nice bunch of lore stuff. Um, I but I devoured games like you know people read novels. Um, so done with it. You know, and then the second one comes out a couple of years later. That's when I started like okay, my choices now have an effect on stuff. So now let me see what happens because mm-hmm. up until then you just have one and like okay yeah I can see a different ending, but you. You know, at the time, you know, in 2008, you don't know that the stuff that you're choosing to do has an effect later. You're just getting to an end of the game. Um, so that's when it really like kicks, uh, like kicks into like, okay, I now have trajectory. Um, then, um, you know, so you do that a couple times. Uh, Anyway, we go through three, and then um, my first fiance leaves me. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, 
so I spend like a week doing three things. Drinking Dr. Pepper, sleeping on my couch, and playing Mass Effect. I'm glad I'm glad it was Dr. Pepper, because that could have <laughs> yeah, gotten oh, yeah. that oh, a lot I'm darker. I'm also glad it was your couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could have been way worse. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Drinking bourbon, sleeping, <laughs> sleeping on the curb. Sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. could have gotten a lot darker, dude. Uh, oh yeah yes, yeah okay. i mean as as stories go th- this is just humor um but Whew. and so right. you know i just i played playthrough after playthrough after playthrough just like almost non-stop through a whole week um and that kind of helped me i don't know it it helped me through a very dark time basically um for what it was um yeah, sometimes sometimes the escapism of a game like this, where you get to just focus on problems that aren't your own. Exactly. You know? Yep. No, I, I totally get that. Like I have like since Mass Effect came out, I have had a few breakups and it is my breakup game. Like <laughs> wow. w- like I will like I will dive headfirst into Mass Effect. I'm like, please distract me from the pain that is life. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot healthier than diving into the bottle of bourbon. Like, yes, it oh, really yeah. is. Uh, it's yeah. cheaper. It's, it's less damage cheaper. on my liver. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so and then I did, you know, the standard Mass Effect thing. Oh, I'll pick it up every summer between semesters and play a play a bit. And that's what I did for a few years. And then. I actually hadn't touched it, the series, until Andromeda. I did that one time, and then I said, okay, we're setting the whole series aside for a while. So I haven't played, hadn't played a Mass Effect game since the end of Andromeda. And I picked it up day one. So this was a game that crashed mm. my system, that walked me through walls, that oh, no. faces went, eh. like, uh-huh. all the time. Like, it was just, <laughs> like, I spent 70 bucks for that mm-hmm. it was not a good experience um whatever so legendary edition it comes out and it completely changes my life effectively um because legendary edition comes out this podcast gets started my co-worker was like hey you like mass effect you like this podcast i think and he introduces me to this thank so, you co-worker so Ryan, if you happen to listen to this later, Thanks, thank Ryan. you. <laughs> because it introduces me to this wonderful group of people um and inspires me to start my own thing to do. Um and I meet, you know, I've met all you wonderful people to just hang out with on a weekly basis, uh sometimes even daily basis, some of you. Um and that's that's kind of stuff that doesn't that comes around once you know once or twice in a lifetime so thank you that's awesome that's so cool yeah i agree um also ryan much get like- your butt in here what are you doing <laughs> you should come hang out with us yeah, I, I don't hey, mean the patreon i mean like just come hang out with us on discord and stuff dude <laughs> or maybe ryan has been hanging out oh, with us on discord all along secret He's a secretly somebody. I don't know. I don't, I don't, think I don't so. know. <laughs> I don't know. But 
Mass Effect has certainly made it, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic's lockdowns a little bit easier, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, and meeting and hanging out with you all has definitely, re- like, kept, kept my batteries charged on, during, hopefully, what is the tail end of this pandemic. Mm. Uh, so... Yeah, that's that's a cool story, man. That's really cool. Well, guys, I think I think we're at the end of the show. It's been it's been an hour and a half, and these have been some really awesome stories. So thank you for sharing all of this. It's very cool stuff. And seven, you got anything else you want to share? Well, you know, uh, I think people already know my origin story with the game. Uh, if you're if you don't know it, if you're curious about it, I think it's like one of the very first things we talk about in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't take up too much more of people's time. I won't flood their ear holes anymore tonight. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it. You know, I just finished my Mass Effect three playthrough on Xbox. I'm so happy to be done on Xbox. I don't want to stream on Xbox anymore. Yeah, um, PC. So PC time. I'm gonna be. I am gonna be streaming Mass Effect Andromeda now on Ooh. PC, and this is gonna be my first playthrough since 2017. So lots is gonna <sighs> are, is gonna seem very new to me, and uh, happy to be doing this on PC. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna Can't look wait up. To see you all there. I'm looking it up right now to see if there's a mod that makes them not look like twelve-year-olds. Good luck. Um, <laughs> because their body proportions. <laughs> this is the thing that drives me the most nuts about that game is that they all like their body proportions make them all look like they're little, like they're children. Does don't they? Yeah, I'm not. They, alone they look this. like weird middle schoolers. I like, mean, look at their body. Look at their body proportions, guys. They look like middle schoolers. <laughs> I don't know how they, this they, happened. They look they look a little odd. Um, but I mean, look I, at Commander I, I'm Shepard. I'm not gonna mod the game immediately. I mean, oh my. Okay, here. Look. Let me show you a picture. If there was a mod that I could have the model for Shepard as my rider, yes. I would do that. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay, here. I'm gonna post. I'm gonna put this up on the screen, and you guys, you guys, tell me what you think. I'm just. This is gonna be the last thing we do, and then I'll let you go. I know. We, I know it's getting late. All right, here we go. I'm posting it up right now. Downloaded a picture. This is this is a picture. Here it is. Now look at every look at the look at the humans. Tell me their proportions are not the same as middle schoolers. <laughs> Why is Sarah Ryder's face the most consistently creepy thing <laughs> that I've ever seen? She haunts my dreams. <laughs> What is it with her eyes? They are always they always look like she's just crushed four Xanax and just railed some lines like this person's not okay. <laughs> they need help. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep zooming in. This is Yep. Yep. Hold on. Sam, what's wrong with uh Xanax and cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, but look, I mean they look like they look like they're all like five feet tall. I don't know. They're just like, they're just not proportioned. I don't. You know what uh, it is? They also look like they are the stars of like, uh, like a young adult novel or like a Disney show, like the like the stars of a typical young adult novel, like 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 sci-fi Twilight. They're all between the ages of nineteen and twenty-six. So yeah, they should look like adults. 
I don't know, but well, like, yeah, but like Shepard is twenty nine in Mass Effect but One. Here, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find a comparative image of like the the Mass Effect three crew. Okay, here's a good one. Let me see if I can I can get this up on the screen. Like the Mass Effect three crew, like everybody like is proportionately taller. Like, uh, I can't find a good picture. We'll have to look this up later. Um, a lot of it could be due to the, the the fact that this was the first divergence from the engine that mm-hmm. they that yeah, they it's used. a different like engine. It's also a very different design team. Like the the staff changed a lot. Um, oh yeah, it was like a completely different studio almost. Yeah, it's it's very different. Um, I mean, okay, so here's really what happened. Like, we'll actually actually digging into it. Like. Honest to goodness, this is really what what the difference is, is that the character designs in the original Mass Effect trilogy are actually superhuman. They're designed with their heads slightly smaller than actual human averages, which makes them look more uh, heroic. Yeah, it makes them look bigger and taller with smaller heads and larger bodies, which makes them look like superheroes. Um, the, The characters in Andromeda are designed like real people which makes them look mundane but to yeah. but to but but to our trained eyes most video game characters are designed like superhumans so when you see characters in a video game designed like real people they don't look like real people because we expect to be seeing superhumans so they look to us like little kids in a video game rather than real people because we expect real people to look like super super people so that's the right. problem is that they actually design them like real people so really i shouldn't be complaining i should i should be lauding them for saying for actually designing real people in a game and making them look like real people but oh well i don't know they also had to do it right <laughs> yeah well yeah also i think that the, the 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 other thing i would complain about is that the textures of their faces look too smooth so they look younger than they actually do um so for like you know, somebody who's actually 26 years old should look a little bit older in their skin textures, but in, but they're smoother right. than they are. So they, they kind of do from the texture standpoint, look and like also they're 12 years old. <laughs> not look at everyone either like, like this or like this. <laughs> yeah, right. It's always one of the two in Andromeda. It's always, you know, very surprised look or I am fucked up. Look. Yeah, they, look. yeah, the eyes are weird. Yeah. 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 That like, is, like, I'm just going to do the rest of the show like this. Haven't had anything to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's 50 cent beer night at Applebee's and Sarah Ryder has just gone to town. So I'm going to I'm going to uh send us every all off on the show. So so thanks everybody for joining the Mass Effect forecast. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah, that. sure. The Andromeda, <laughs> the Andromeda people are totally fine and not on drugs. Yeah, yeah. They don't really blink right either. There's something weird no, it's about. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if their blinking was like asynchronous. <laughs> yeah, there's something weird about the eyes. Um. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um. I know there's a bunch of you guys. Uh, does anybody have anything cool they want to shout out? Anything cool you guys are doing? I know we've got the girls, two girls, one ship. So Jen, Gravada, Two Girls One Ship, check it out. It's a Robots Radio Rocket Club show. Go listen. They talk about Mass Effect relationships and other video game relationships. So we got that going on. Anyone else have anything cool they wanna wanna shout out? Anything else going on? Psych. Uh yeah, uh Mass Effect Blue Shift uh, tabletop RPG podcast. New episode out January fifteenth. Sweet. Yeah, go look that up. That's available what everywhere? 
Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify right now. Stitcher and Spotify. There you go, Larry. You had something because because the two girls went on a Buffy tangent. I have a Buffy t-shirt awesome. on. Awesome! I love Buffy. That's great. Very cool. Oh, <laughs> that spike. Jen has a spike doll. Looks like a puppet or something. Oh no! Is this Angel? Angel. Then Angel went to awesome. Very cool. Um, anybody else have anything else that they want to shout out? Well, hey there, friends. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Hank Hill, assistant manager, Strickland Propane. I'd just like to encourage y'all to head on down to to. Uh, sorry, excuse me a minute. Damn it, Bobby, pipe down, would you? I'm on the internet. Sorry about that. Anyways, head on down to the Presidium branch of Strickland Propane for the Boxing Day Grills Travaganza sale and get your 54,000 BTU Vodner Charking Imperial. Limit of 74 per customer. Strickland Propane. Taste the meat, not the heat. Thanks, Hank Hill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, anybody else? Pipe Man? Um, I don't know how to follow that up, but, um, just for you guys, I'm actually, uh, so very briefly, like, um, I, I just got back from a gig. I'm a musician and it's holiday season. So good Lord. Um, I'm going to up, be uploading a whole bunch of just fun holiday music to the, just to the discord for you guys to enjoy. So stay tuned. There's going to be some just fun stuff posted there. Awesome. Awesome. And another reason that if you're listening and you haven't joined the Discord yet, you need to. There you go. There you go. All right. And then everybody can be uh, reached uh, on the D Robots Radio Discord. You can reach everybody there. And um, anything else? Everybody else is good? I'll, right. Maybe I'll upload some very not fun music uh, <laughs> after Pipe Man does all the fun stuff, <clears throat> like fun holiday music. Uh, here's a joke that only Pipe Man will get. I'll be uh, recording uh, Tennis and Nakis, uh, all the all the Harry Parch music that I possibly can. If I can find some Parch instruments, uh, Pipe Man, if you have any leads as to where I can get uh, six in or really any Parch instruments, uh, if you could, please let me know. So if you could cover yeah. Vigil's theme on a harpsichord, that'd be amazing. Can't do it on harpsichord, but if you want tuned boobams, I'm your guy. How about a mouth harp? Uh, <laughs> What's that one instrument where you have to wave your hands in order for it to play? Oh, There's the theremin. Theremin, theremin. yeah. Yeah, it makes like a woo-wee-woo-woo kind of sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could do it on Anklon. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter. A didgeridoo? Um, so, a didgeridoo? So we're, after the last show, Pipe Man and I realized that he's out of the room right now. He can't hear it. Wait, I'm going to give him a second. So, mm -hmm. Pipe Man, I want you to know I just said unclung to everybody on the internet. I wish I had one, but there's a harpsichord in that room. I will go record the video. Oh, Jesus. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so Pipe Man and I realized after the last show that we are, <laughs> we are both classical percussionists, which is like... I, it's it is it is a we're in such a, a small world that the fact that both of us are here uh, and also share that bond is a, we can't really describe to any of you lay people how weird it is 
that the two of us are are on this call right now. I will apologize uh, in advance, though, because <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> Every, yeah, I can so play. I can play really guitar. Obscure jokes about classical percussion things. Yeah, this is like all going to go way over our heads. Yeah, I can play. Yeah, I can just play cut guitar. this all. Cut all of this. Nobody's going to care. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool stuff, guys. Thank you all for joining. Uh, Anna, did you have something? No, sorry. Music just started playing and it was really oh. loud in my ears. Okay, I saw you react. Sorry. I thought maybe you were raising no, your no, hand. No, no. <laughs> you were like, ah, music. Okay, I got you. I got you. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. This has been super fun, as always. And I will see you guys on the Discord. If I don't see you before our next episode, then have a wonderful holiday. We will be taking next week off because it, it will be on the day after Christmas. But we will see you again in the new year. And thank you again for all the support. Thank you for being here for this show. And we'll see you around soon. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there in the universe and enjoy your Mass Effect. Hopefully you'll get some time to play a little bit over the holidays. See you around. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.